Well, today we have with us the Apostle John. For whoever does the will of my Father, it says in Matthew, this is my brother and sister and mother. By this we know that we are the children of God, John says, when we love God and obey his commandments. We are at a crossroads. They're there for all of us. We may move along day by day easily, and all of a sudden, a choice point, a decision that we must make. We stand perhaps frozen to the spot, not knowing whether to go right, left, straight ahead. We don't know what waits for us down each of these choices. Which one is the Lord's will? Which one is our will? The answers aren't easy. A, cross a crossroad can bring daunting spiritual pain, and it can bring us to our knees, and it can even bring to destruction. Today we have an expert on the crossroad of obedience. He was there in the garden when Jesus faced that crossroad, when he confronted his part in God's plan for salvation. We welcome the disciple John, called the disciple Jesus Love. I know you've preached a lot, John, so here's a microphone for you to use. Let's hear it for John. John, can you tell us something about that night in the garden, what you saw and what you learned about Jesus? I'm almost embarrassed to be here. Uh, yes. Bill, Bill, you have to hold it. Yes, I was in the garden with Jesus, but I certainly didn't understand what was going on, and I certainly was no help to him there. Well, did you see him praying? Yes. He went away to pray, and he <clears throat> asked us to pray with him. I could tell he was struggling, but after the meal, after the cups of wine we drank with the Passover meal, after the walk in the garden in the dark, I just couldn't keep my eyes open. I admit I fell asleep. I agree with the wine. Sometimes it can have an effect on you. But didn't you understand the terror that Jesus was facing? Not really. Not then. It was not unusual for us to go off as a group and join Jesus in prayer. It happened often. Jesus was busy at prayer many times as we traveled with him. I just don't know what was going on there in the garden. But do you understand it now? Now, certainly. I wish I could go back to the garden and do it over. I wish I could join Jesus in his prayer and his struggle. I know that it would be different now. Jesus was facing the most difficult crossroad in his life. He was staring at the reality of the suffering he would have to endure, facing the cross, and most terribly, facing it alone. Well, was it really different from the other times that he had to choose between his own way and God's way? I mean, was his choice to obey in spite of the pain so unusual? Well, not really. We know that Jesus was often tempted in his life to step away from God's plan for him, God's plan for us. 
Satan harassed him, harassed him like he had done in the wilderness with a way out, a way to avoid the suffering. Just bow down and worship me, Satan said, and I will give all this to you. He was offering a shortcut that avoided the cross, but Jesus sent him away and clung to the path that God had set for him. So what does Jesus' choice to obey, in spite of the terror that faced him, mean to you now? It inspires me and convicts me. It must do the same for you. Well, what do you mean, must do the same for me? I'm certainly not unique. I faced a crossroad like Jesus many times in my life. Oh, not with the weight of the world on my shoulders, but with my own heart in conflict over which way to go. I faced that crossroad every time I came to the place where I heard a voice in me saying, look, you know what will happen if you choose to play, obey God's claim on your life. <clears throat> you will be hurt, you will be excluded, you will be scorned, you will be persecuted. Every time I stood at the crossroad, I remembered Jesus in the garden and asked him to stay awake with me and watch me and pray for me. Did that happen often, though? In those years after Jesus ascended, all of us who followed him were faced with the choice to follow or deny him. If we denied him, we could escape the threats, the persecution, even the death that faced us. We were outcast, rejected by many of our brothers, and threatened often with suffering or death. I asked God's help to remain faithful and encouraged others to do the same in my book called Revelation. I wrote, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. But we aren't persecuted. We don't face that kind of crossroad. You face the crossroad of obedience every time you confront a choice that asks, will you follow your own way, the way of the world, the way that others push you to, the way you think will be easiest or more pleasant for you? Or will you follow the way Jesus would lead you, the way of obedience? But those kind of choices happen every day. And that is why you need the power and presence of God's Spirit every day. That's what Jesus was doing there in the garden and on the cross. He was bringing forgiveness and new life to you there. By God's power and the sacrifice of Jesus, you begin each day new and forgiven, new and able to make the choice of obedience. And how can we make those right choices? Here's another thing I wrote in my gospel. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. The same Jesus who struggled there in the garden, the one who went to the cross, the one who rose is there in our hearts, with us at our crossroads and in our choices. Well, John, I want to thank you for those words of encouragement. We will remember with you and rejoice with you, with you for what Jesus has done. 
and what he will do in us and through us. John, thank you. It was so nice to finally meet John. I mean, I've heard a lot about him. He was definitely the oldest of all the disciples and the only one who was not martyred, who died a natural death. He was thought to be about 100, 100 plus years old. And it was the last one to write the gospel and his letters. Being obedient to Christ and God's word is something that we all struggle with. But for a lot of people, the word obedience is pretty abrasive. It gives the idea that we are not free to do as we please or to live our own life or to go about our own business unfettered by requirements, rules, or laws. I mean, after all, didn't Christ set us free? But obedience also means faithfulness and loyalty. And when we encounter a situation in our life, a crossroad, a point where we have to make a decision or take a stand, as Christians, we can either be obedient to Christ as a requirement, and we normally think of the Ten Commandments as something that we have to do, or we can be obedient out of love for Christ. And that makes it something that we want to do. How can I be obedient in love rather than obedient out of obligation? The difference is based on our, go out, on our ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. John sums up that relationship with one word, abide. He tells Christians to abide in Christ. This means to live in the forgiveness that Christ has given you. You are free to love your neighbor as yourself. In this, John says, you will know that you abide in Christ and Christ in you, that you love your neighbor as yourself. Abiding in Christ is to be Christ-like to those around you in the decision that you face in life, thinking of others first and their well-being. Abide also means to remain. John tells us to remain in Christ. In other words, don't do anything outside the bounds of your faith. Don't do anything outside the bounds of your relationship with Christ. When we act outside of our relationship, thinking only of ourselves, that's sin. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is missing that relationship with Christ. It's taking your eyes off of your walk with Christ and placing them on yourself and your own desire. John reminds us to let our relationship of faith in Christ, his forgiveness and love, be our obedience to Christ in our everyday crossroads. I would venture to say that when we hear the word abide, most of us think of a hymn. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. It's a hymn we sing many times during this season of Lent and at times when someone is close to passing. One verse of this hymn reads, Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When, others help, when other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. 
It's true, of course, we want the Lord to remain with us and with others that we love during times of trial, times of decision, crossroads in life. But don't we want him to abide with us and we with him at all times in our life? Shouldn't he remain with us and we with him every waking moment and every sleeping moment in all the things that we do, in every decision that we make, in every relationship we have with other people? Shouldn't our relationship of faith with him be the decisive factor in anything and everything we do when we face a crossroad? So how can we be obedient to Christ and abide with him and he with us every day of our lives in all the decisions that we make? By maintaining a relationship with him. Through the reading and studying of his word. In his gospel, Jesus or John uses the illustration of a vine and its branches to emphasize this point. We cannot expect to cultivate a relationship with Christ apart from his word. There he speaks to us, and there he guides us. Through worship as well, and with fellowship with others, we're encouraged, and we encourage each other to abide, to remain in that love and in that knowledge of Christ. And in that gospel, John reports that Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We either abide and remain in him or we act apart from him. When at a crossroad where you can either defend yourself in some way or act in your advantage, you can also love your neighbor and forgive as you abide in Christ will guide you to be obedient in the face of danger, to deny yourself even to the point of suffering, and to follow him. Abiding in Christ, knowing his love and forgiveness, frees you to be obedient in love, to do the right thing, even in the face of personal suffering. We don't encounter crossroads once or twice in our lifetime. We encounter them every day. Some say, WWJD. Remember those bracelets? What would Jesus do? Well, we can't really second guess what Jesus would have done, nor can we ever hope to be like him. But instead of saying, what would Jesus do? We can say, what has Jesus done? His suffering, his death, and his resurrection brought life to us. And the freedom to abide and remain with him now and in eternity. This is what John wants us to know. What has Jesus done? What his choices were in his crossroads for us so that we abide in him, in his love. He wants us to know that his love and forgiveness abide with us every day at every crossroad, encouraging us to be obedient out of love for the well-being of those around us. Amen. If you're interested in knowing more about Jesus Christ or about Grace Lutheran Church, please go to www.gracealoneonline.org. 
you can email us at gracealoneonline at gmail.com.